Welcome back, everybody. Cliff Enchandra here from Not Gospel Studios. Quiet quitting is a new thing. Uh, somehow it's tied to the Illuminati and all of these deep, deep, dark conspiracy theories, and we're going to tell you how. <laughs> we're going to talk about quiet quitting and uh, bad habits and just all kinds of stuff today. Uh, this is Not Gospel. Quiet quitting. Yes. Okay, so... The concept of quiet quitting mm -hmm. is like with the Gen Z or whatever is like a protest of minimum wage or not getting paid what you feel like you should get paid. So you're just going to do the absolute bare minimum yeah. in your job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to my knowledge, this is like in just like a lot of service work, like your classic, what you would consider like teenage jobs or something like, mm -hmm. you know, if they're. A server in a restaurant, you know, typically like your starter jobs or the person working the grill at Burger King or whatever. Like those are the people that are quiet quitting that. I hadn't heard about the more low income people quiet quitting. I thought it was more like office job type people. So like secretaries and stuff like that or people or cubicle workers. Yes. Who are just like, I'm going to punch the bare minimum just numbers. Just a cog in the machine type people. I'm not going to stay a yeah. minute longer. See, yeah. so I felt like we, we... And the band dealt with this firsthand in a, a small uh, restaurant, like a grill restaurant that we went to for dinner one night. Because sometimes when you get out of a show in some of these small towns, everything's closed. Mm. So there are only a few places open. You got to go there 30 minutes or 40 minutes before they close. So we got we popped into this restaurant. Uh, it's like five of us, our band and our sound guy, and we're sitting down to, to get dinner. And they are flipping the, the chairs on the tables mm. and it's well like almost an hour before close they're like we only have certain items the bathroom wasn't cleaned like they were like uh we don't have any we're running we don't have any lettuce right now we don't have any new chicken and it was an hour before close and they weren't going to drop new chicken they were refusing what they had was what they had and it was an hour before you're supposed to close mm. and it was just like because when it strikes 10 so you thought they were quiet quitting. we were out i felt like they were just just literally quiet quitting like listen we have mm. to be ready to shut this place down and lock the doors at 10 on the nose mm. not a minute longer so we are not dropping any more food we're not we're whatever we have the scraps that are left is what's left and i felt like that was like quiet quitting them being like we don't get paid enough so up yours we're out well okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, how do you... It was super annoying. It's like, then change your hours and just close at nine. I do think it's annoying <laughs> for the people receiving the service, but I'm kind of on the side of people that are like, I'm not going to run myself ragged for $8 an hour. Like, you get what you get for $8 an hour, you know? Yeah, but I don't understand it with, with servers mm -hmm. because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Because if people show up and the service sucks mm -hmm. and you feel like you're getting run out of the restaurant... You're going to leave nothing. You're going to be like, your service sucked. You you deserve no more extra than your minimum wage yeah. that you get paid. But if you go there and you hate the amount of money you're getting and you think you deserve more and you work for more, mm -hmm. you're more likely to get that tip and get more. Like, yeah. So it seems like self-defeating in a way. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go over here and just – especially in that, like in table servers and waiters and waitresses and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It feels kind of backwards logic to do that because you're just – screwing yourself it feels like mm. but I, I like the phrase quiet quitting though mm. but i don't like what it represents but i felt like if that's a thing if that's a trend right now uh there might be like 
a golden opportunity for people who kind of have that more put in the elbow grease and put in the extra effort to mm-hmm. really climb up the ladder in some yeah. of these places really well, fast. A lot of people don't want to climb up the ladder at a restaurant. First of all, a lot of people don't know the kind of money there is in that it. That you can make almost yeah. six figures as like a manager of multiple franchises or something yeah. crazy. And they just don't know that that's an option. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this for three years until I'm out of college or yeah. find my real job. Yeah. That was A friend of mine did that. He started mm-hmm. working. I mean, he was going to college and he worked at the local Wendy's. Mm-hmm. And when he got there... He blew it up. Like mm-hmm. he he started adjusting things, making this more efficient. He started working. And then he became a shift manager, and he started allocating the right people in the right shifts so that the mm-hmm. s- customer service was always like killer, and like the drive through was never backed up, and all this. And th- within two years, he's like running the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Within a few years after that, he's running over multiple franchises, and now. Now, to my knowledge, he owns one of the franchises of a different restaurant. They hired nice. him there, and he owns it. Yeah, and he's I mean, sounds he's like he found his a niche. killing. Yeah. You know, but obviously, this is not a this was not a quiet quitter type person. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna get in here and I'm gonna do this job to excellence. But the thing I thought of is, I like that phrase "quiet quitting," but I don't like it for what it represents. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I thought of quiet quitting at first, I thought of this. I thought of it in a different way. There's a thing called being a loud starter mm-hmm. where like, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm yeah. going to the gym. And I am I am a loud starter. Classic loud starter. I will – multiple times in my life I've posted I think on Instagram mm-hmm. pictures of before and after my first workout and that lasts for about four days and then mm-hmm. you never hear from me again. I'm more – I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm like a sneaky starter. Yeah. That's one – okay. So sneaky starter. I like <laughs> – Sneaky starter. Sneaky starter. <laughs> that could that could go sideways real but quick. I, I will be silently working on stuff nobody knows about for months. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. Silent the silently working yeah. on things. I like I want to promote quiet quitting, but in a different way. Uh I was I just visited with with a friend of mine and somehow the topic of alcohol got brought up because this friend of mine, he wor- used to work at a brewery. He made recipes, and that brewery was like a large local brewery where he where he uh, lived, and they wound up using his recipes for small runs. Like he was in mm. beer culture, mm-hmm. hardcore, like not just, oh, I drink, but like into it, like yeah. making the different flavors and all that. Like he could talk to you about mm-hmm. the barley and whatever forever. Um, and the uh, topic of alcohol got brought up while we were, ha- were hanging out, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not drinking right now. And I didn't know it about him, and he hadn't been drinking for weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, and he hadn't said anything to anybody about it. Yeah. So I kind of asked him, I was like, well, what's the, you know, if you don't mind me asking, because it was such a big well, deal. does he still work in the alcohol industry? Mm-mm. Oh. No, but he's like, yeah, I just found myself making excuses for drinking and I thought I got too caught up in the culture. And he's like, not that I'm an alcoholic and never, you know, not that thing, but like it doesn't do me any good. Yeah. He said. So it's like I kind of was like, it's not doing me any good. It's not really a healthy habit. I'm going to mm. quit it for a while just because. Yeah. And I was like, that's the kind of quiet quitting that I'm into. Mm. The idea of 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 toxic people toxic behaviors, mm. toxic relationships. Yeah. Not announcing and airing out all your dirty laundry on all the social media, but just mm. I'm not doing that anymore. And just not doing it. I'm definitely like that with people. I ghost people. Like if if the relationship doesn't serve me and I don't even want to have a conversation about it, they're just not going to hear from me anymore. I've been a victim of this ghosting a time or two, but we've That's known each other a long time. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, well, in 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 lieu of of that, um, probably the most toxic habit that I have right now, probably in my life, that I've it's been my hobby for a long time is competitive gaming. There's a particular game I've played for going like in my downtime, my TV time for like seven or eight years, and I've gotten to like the elite. Uh, circle of playing this game where like you've got this thing in ranked of this game you've got what's called masters and then the only thing above masters is is grandmasters which is like the top 50 players who to <laughs> play the game grandmaster. no i am not a grandmaster <laughs> grandmaster sensei <laughs> i am not a grandmaster i do have friends who stream the game and stuff like that and they are gms as they call them or whatever but i got to masters which is the top two percent basically of anybody of the so many million people who play this game that i'm one of those mm -hmm. and that was really cool it's cool to, to be in part of something at like the elitist level like because mm -hmm. there's no room for error and all that but there, you don't get anything out of it you're convinced that it's important because of the dopamine and the rush you get mm -hmm. out of it and they give you these non-tangible rewards oh you get a banner that when you log in it says blah 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 you know what i mean yeah and uh it's like people that spend actual real life money on candy crush <laughs> <laughs> candy crush champion yeah, that's crazy <laughs> there was uh the the app oh shoot uh clash of clans mm -hmm. at one point it's a free game you download on your phone uh -huh. at one point they were making a million dollars a day in in-game purchases mm. people were buying the the like you had to build stuff in that, so they were just speeding it up by buying it or whatever. Like it was nuts. By the time this video gets out, I will have quietly quit competitive gaming for probably over a week. With the with the idea of with the idea of maybe more than that, depending on when we get to edit this. But with the idea of it's not doing me any good. Yeah. Uh I don't – I enjoy the relationships from some of the relationships I've got from that, like being involved in that community. There's a few mm -hmm. people that are like, hey, man, what's up when you see them online? And that's awesome. And th so it doesn't mean that I won't use my TV time to get back online and chat with those guys and stuff. But the competitive gaming, I'm I'm taking it – I'm taking a who, indefinitely long sabbatical from it mm -hmm. and have been now for a few days and using that time for other stuff like – creating youtube shorts hanging out with my kids more hanging mm -hmm. out with my wife and just as sort of a social experiment seeing what happens to me what i like better what yeah. i don't like better i think okay there, i'm not saying there's not girl gamers especially now there's more girl gamers than ever yeah but mostly it is a man thing who has been for a long time male dominated for yeah. sure and i think a lot of women would prefer their men to quite quit gaming <laughs> like, well, and see that's a part of the experiment like yeah. i'm in a healthy marriage mm -hmm. totally healthy marriage and i and i always i put my kids first you know i'm active in their sports and all this stuff we're a team you know we're a team that works together and we promote each other um but i'm i'm wanting to see if there are any trickle down effects from just kind of removing this element from my life yeah. that are in my marriage my kids professional life you know youtube channel whatever mm -hmm. else i'm just wanting to see what happens and how long it takes for those to, to manifest those differences mm -hmm. it could be just two weeks and then i'm seeing a productivity in xyz or it could be uh, 30 days and i'm like not much has changed but i'll know mm -hmm. you know and and i'll have that be able to share that with other people and say hey if you really want to quiet quit <laughs> here's how you do it just pick some bad habit you have or some toxic people in your life and just be like me i'm just gonna secretly and sneakily as you say just kind of walk away from that 
not say anything about it. As far as the quitting games things, like women preferring their husbands to do that, my husband only plays one game and it's not all the time. But the reason I don't like him to play it is because, not because it takes time from anything. He has like real hobbies too. It's the emotional thing. When he gets angry at a game, it just permeates the house. He's always angry. No, <laughs> like it just, <laughs> you can hear him in there hollering at the game and I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> like it changes his mood. I will say that yeah. is one thing in some of the like the little casual games mm-hmm. that we play. If you get a group of six dudes or whatever and they're playing, uh, there's always smack talk. Mm. And I, because I don't like to cuss people out and stuff like that, I use creative ways to smack talk. Mm. One of my go-tos is like, oh, he got me. He's probably going to write in his journal about it tonight, guys. Get ready. Just random Mm. weird stuff. I think my wife hates hearing that. Yeah. She hates hearing me getting sort of like that cocky attitude or whatever, you know, which you have to be. If you're going to be in that circle, it's so much testosterone, so much machismo, like we've talked about, we think I think a lot of people use those outlets as outlets for their aggression mm-hmm. that they don't take out in the world. That you kind of have to either defend yourself with like quick wit and whatever, or they just mm-hmm. walk all over you and be like, "Oh, we don't mean it, man. It's all good fun," you know. So you kind of have to push back a little bit. And I think she can't stand that. I think I do think she'd probably be like, "Boys, let's go in the bedroom and shut all the doors in the city and like you know like put on noise canceling headphones so we don't have to hear dad." Like gaming is different from when you was in high school. I wonder what it's going to be like when your kids are in high school. VR. It's going to be like Ready Player One. You where think you've so? got like the belts and like that the, was a good the, movie, the, the omnidirectional way. treadmills. It's one of those movies that like, I wouldn't say that it has like deep substance, mm-hmm. It's but it's one of those movies that there's something going on all the time and I you're think like, it and did. There was like a hero thing to it. And well, I think that's important. It's a, it is a, sort of yeah. a classic hero's journey. Yeah. But in terms of deep substance, I was like, you could watch it. I watch it on the airport all the time. If I'm in the, not in the, on the airport, but I'm in the plane, yeah. and I know I'm not going to be able to finish a movie. Mm. I've got like an hour. That's your go-to movie. <laughs> I've got like an hour or forty minutes. It's like I know I'm going to see mm. the coolest stuff on the planet. I'm going to see Godzilla, and Ooh. and and I'm going to see the DeLorean and all that stuff. It's just a visual like mm-hmm. buffet, and I just was like, I love it. It's great. I'll sit here and watch it when I'm done. Doesn't matter. I didn't finish it. I know how it ends. Mm. I've seen it before. It's a good movie, yeah. but it's one of those you can. You can watch without having to finish it, you know, see the whole narrative from start to finish. Mm. But I do think that's what it's going to look like, that people are just living out. They're more comfortable online in the fake space than they are in their own skin. And you see that some today. What was that Bruce Willis movie where they were like all in their VR pods and that's how they lived in their apartments and they never met each other in real life. They just had like online lives where they walked down the streets and See, went to I, movies. I don't remember that. That was a crazy movie. But that that concept's been been yeah. been that concept's been around for a long time. Demolition Man. Have you did you did you see that movie with uh I know I did, but I don't Sylvester remember Stallone it. and Wesley yeah. Snipes. It was a long time ago. Enhance your calm. And it has the three mm-hmm. seashells instead of toilet paper. That's what people always remember. Like there's no toilet paper in there and he doesn't know how to use it and there's three seashells on the wall. And what do you do? They never explain <laughs> A lot of people are like, he didn't know that if you took the seashell up, there's toilet paper on the inside or something. But, but yeah, so that's the meme that comes with that movie. But in that movie, when he's him and uh, Sandra Bullock are gonna engage in intimacy, she's like putting these stimulant like things on because that's the more uh, the more not sterile, but that's the more safe 
way that you're not going to pass diseases and stuff like that. And they basically close their eyes and sort of and kind of are stimulated in that way. And if they're going to get pregnant and stuff, they go down to the doctor in a controlled environment and get like inseminated. You know those men that have like silicone dolls that they use as spouses and stuff. Love toys. Uh, they'll be oh, in V. They're going to be in VR. I'm telling you, they'll be in VR and they'll be VR chat rooms where they yeah. Instead of having grinder and all that stuff and mm-hmm. Tinder, you're going to have VR chat room hookups and they're going to yeah. be with somebody in the virtual space but using their love doll. Yep. That's where it's all going. It's crazy. It's c- complete and it is the total opposite of how we are designed. Yep. We are designed for community, mm-hmm. for fellowship, for togetherness. Like mm-hmm. we absolutely are. I realized it just this week because it's it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> what? Well, it's funny. All the we didn't plan this conversation out. We're just talking. But it's funny because in, in the past week we've had a couple get-togethers with uh, some of our friends because obviously it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then uh, we had like a little uh, group b- birthday party for two of my kids. Had it together and had it, you know, with just close friends and their kids. And we noticed how starved some of these people were for connectivity and community Uh, i'm going full conspiracy theory i think that's one of the plans of the lockdown with covid yes that they wanted to to separate people yeah was make you comfortable not connecting with people yep well and i think it was a top-down government conspiracy to separate communities more than that think about what's not happening when you're sitting down right now if we talk for two or three hours what's not happening we're not being advertised anything. Mm-hmm. You're not buying anything. Yeah. If you're in a family setting, say you get together for three hours for a birthday party and everybody puts their phones down and we're talking and we're just hanging out mm-hmm. and then you're getting to know the real stuff. You're getting to connect with somebody. Share real information yes. with each other. Yeah. You're not being advertised anything. They're mm-hmm. not able to sell you anything. You're not purchasing yep. anything. You're not engaging in materialistic culture. Mm-hmm. You're engaging like intellectually and emotionally with people you care about. Yeah. And you're just rediscovering what's important. Mm-hmm. And we had people who would sit, who sat here in our house well after the party's over, just sitting and talking and just being in each other's presence. Mm-hmm. You st- and, and you realize how starved for that people are. Because back in the day, you couldn't just hang out with people. Mm-hmm. because You had to have an event. Let's go play Risk or go play Monopoly for four hours till mm-hmm. we flip the board over and leave. Yeah. Because... Everybody already – you always were with each other. You always mm. hung out until you almost mm. took it for granted. Mm. Now you don't even have to have an event. Like you don't even have mm. to have a game. Just being around each other's presence, we're so starved for it that once we get past the awkwardness in the first few minutes of, I don't know even how to do this, like it all of a sudden becomes like this warm and awesome thing. Like I, I love hanging out with people and people are starved for it. Well, okay, conspiracy land. <laughs> Let's go. I'm ready. I need tinfoil hats. We're getting them. I mean, to this side, you have the theory of Satan and the Illuminati controlling things, trying to tear down people. Yeah. But on the more practical side, that is 100% true, but still conspiracy land to people who don't want to open their eyeballs. The pharmaceutical industry owns advertising. Like, Mm -hmm. they do it more than any other business, and they also own the government they lobby and own politicians, 100%. And who benefits from miserable people who don't have community? The people selling you stimulants and stuff. Well, and I know we just yeah. talked about Andrew Tate being canceled. and We talked about mm. him a lot recently. Yeah. I just saw another short of his where he was on Pierce Morgan. Did you see him on that? I saw that he was on it, but I didn't watch he it. He was talking about uh, mm. antidepressants. 
Mm. And the, they're killing people. And they said they asked him. They said, "So, so you don't think clinical? De- you don't believe in depression?" And he stops and he goes, "No, no, no, no." He says, "I believe you can feel depressed. I know mm. you can feel depressed." He says, "The thing that I don't believe in is some disease that you catch called depression. Depression, which yeah. the only cure for is a pharmaceutical company get, pumping some medicine in you." Exactly, says, I believe that. He says, "That's what yeah. I don't believe." And he says, "I'll give you." An, and mm. they were starting to try to twist his words. And again. Mm. The guy's loopy and he's an <laughs> yeah. egomaniac, but you, I, I glean truth where I find it. Yeah. And he said, I'll give you an example. He said, I had somebody write into me one day. He says, I'm, I'm uh, clinically depressed. I've been mm-hmm. diagnosed with depression. I'm on medication and I'm deciding to quit my medication. It's not helping. It's making me worse. And I'm thinking about taking my own life. Yeah. That's what he said to Tate. And Tate, uh, Andrew Tate was describing this. He said, so I didn't know what to tell him. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. I'm not mm-hmm. a psychologist. So I said... I said, well, if you want my advice, my advice is simple. Get a six-pack. And it seems weird, <laughs> but he said, get a six-pack, yeah. and then if you still feel still, if you still feel <laughs> like taking, my own, taking your own life, let me know. <laughs> Message me again. Yeah. And uh, he said, the guy's a professional bodybuilder now. Yeah. And, he, and he wrote me, and he said, I can't believe I was ever thinking about taking my own life. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not saying that depression is not a feeling you can't have. What I am saying is it's a self-treatable feeling that if you can do the work and do the effort mm-hmm. to get to a place where you no longer feel depressed. Mm-hmm. And he said, in my mind, as a man in particular, if you do the work it takes to get a six-pack, he's like, you're going to be less depressed. He's like, depression comes from wanting something you don't have. Mm-hmm. you know. And if you set these goals to to get to a point where you get some of those things that you want that you don't have, you know, then all of a sudden you're not depressed anymore. Yeah. It's like, I think a lot of people who are depressed are in these screwed up family situations and they'd rather go on a pill instead of fix their family situations or they're overweight or, you know, they don't go outside. There, they don't have hobbies. There's no self-discipline. Yeah. People would rather take a pill for something than yep. they exercise any self-discipline. I will yeah. say that. There's another friend of mine that's the same way. They're like, I hate going to the gym. I hate, I can't stand drinking water. Mm-hmm. All the healthy things, but they want to lose weight. Yeah. And this person's like, I don't care if it was bad for you. If it, mm-hmm. if it made me lose weight, I would get it. Mm-hmm. Just a pill. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, like that gets a little. There was a pill a long time ago called Fin Fin or something like that. I can't remember. Lots of people lost a lot of weight on it, but it ended up. Like, I can't remember the medical problems it gave them, but it was really bad. So they quit putting that in stuff, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, lots of lawsuits went down and stuff. Well, now there's this new thing that's come out that everybody's using some shot they give fat people in their stomach. Mm. And it's supposed to be doing amazing things. And I'm like, I could go get a shot in my stomach. But... What about 20 years from now? <laughs> exactly. I do not trust what it, the chemicals they're putting in us. What is it? I mean, yeah. back in the day when they thought radium or, or, or that stuff was good for you and those people were making those pills out of it yeah. and they were literally mm. irradiating their body. Mm. And that one guy whose entire like skeleton, just his jaw fell off. There's Those pictures are crazy because it was just pills of basically like radiating yourself. That's crazy. Yeah, it was... And I guess it created certain feelings of X, Y, and Z that people were like, yeah, I got energy. I'm ready to go, whatever. And they were slowly killing themselves. There's what's, what is a, it's not algorithm, but it's a math equation. Yes. There's an equation that the pharmaceutical industries use to where like, if so many people die and this is how much we get sued and this is how much we have to pay out, 
can we still put out this product even though we know it's killing people? Cost-benefit analysis. Exactly. Wow. And they go ahead and... As long as it's not killing so much that they get sued for more than they're profiting for, they so put it out. We're wrapping the whole thing in a big circle. It's Quiet crazy. quitting. <laughs> Quiet people, quit your drugs. People, people <laughs> who hate their jobs. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying just do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. They're going to get depressed. Yeah. They're going to be making the bare minimum. They're going to be hating their job. Yeah. The focus is going to be on the hate. Mm-hmm. Just nonstop hate. And where are they going to go? They're, at this point in the game, they're not going to have exercised self-discipline. I don't mm. think it takes a whole lot of self-discipline to do the absolute bare minimum. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, I woke up today, yay! You know, <laughs> like, uh, so they're not going to exercise any of this betterment mm-hmm. self-discipline. So where are they going to go? They're going to go get a pill that makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. So it, and now, on the full conspiracy train, <laughs> it makes perfect sense that quiet quitting is a new cult- cultural norm. Because it's like, why not? They're, chances are they'll be on antidepressants. Yeah. If you like this clip from the Not Gospel Studios YouTube channel, don't forget to share. Click on one of the other links and videos. You can find them here and here and subscribe. I think it's down here. Tell your friends about us. Tell them that it's healthy, that it's vegan, and all of those things. Keep being awesome because that's how God made you.